2: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgak.
3: The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again. At a press conference this morning,
2: Mackey and Judd also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two on 1500 ESPN. Four men on the rush. He throws, he's picked. Patrick Robinson back the other way. Looking for a block. Gets it. Robinson for the touchdown. Oh
1: man, I like I don't even know what to say. I think Zimmer should be defensive coordinator and then Shermer our head coach because we came in unprepared. We looked like trash. Like I don't even blame Kingdom. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kingdom ain't the one to blame. I mean, he might have turned the ball over twice, but we got that D. We got number one D in the league, so you got to hold him, right? The NFL was doing yeah. a promo for the Super Bowl before it had, and it had the Patriots and the Vikings in the promo. Final score yesterday, Eagles 38, Vikings 7. Screw you, Roger Goodell. Had to, Screw you, they, NFL. They had to apologize. Losers. Yeah, I
4: love they had, to apologize. they had to apologize.
1: Yeah, you know
3: what? I don't accept your apology. <laughs> Go to hell. That's uh, Angelo Cataldi, superstar uh, from WIP.
5: Not Where WIP. at? In Philadelphia? I couldn't tell. Oh my God. <laughs>
3: They don't get excited about anything. No, they're they're all named Angelo Cataldi. All 11 hosts on WIP. They're yeah. just all named Angelo <laughs> Cataldi and they're ranting and they're shoving it in our faces today. Well, we get and they're to... throwing beer cans at our fans outside their stadium.
5: And they want us to say things bad about them because that's what they're looking for. I mean, they love that. Yeah. That's a pat on the back.
3: In fact, so I judge Zolgad, you're out there in Philadelphia, hopefully I'm hiding. Don't Stay. put your, don't put your address out there. Uh, I think we found in the I last won't. week Philadelphia fans, for one, you know what? Our timelines are open. Our phone lines are open. If you want to trash talk, you've earned it. Go ahead. 651-646-8255. But I think Eagles fans have two plays in their trash talk playbook. And they just keep going back and forth between these two things. Number one, threaten to physically harm you. yeah. And number two, insult you in ways that an eighth grade playground bully would insult you. Like making fun of the fact that Minneapolis is a smaller market than Philadelphia. Even though there's like two million people in the Twin Cities media market. And maybe two and a half million in Philadelphia. The gap ain't that wide. But hey, mine's bigger than yours. And I'm going to put it on the table. My dad eats more hamburgers than your
6: dad. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? let's go meet on the playground and see who's see who's tougher. They were throwing full beers at Vikings fans. That's all you need to know about these people. They take a perfectly good beer and they were tossing them at Vikings fans. I I also, I also saw a gentleman at a tailgate uh, that we drove by yesterday, something I've never seen. And I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. It looked to be a individual porta potty that somebody had brought from home and they tied it to a fence. And I saw a guy duck in, in there, it looked like, like the new injury tents that we see in football. <laughs> and I see this guy and I'm like, where's he going in? And I thought, I bet you that's a porta potty from home. So he doesn't have to go in the uh in the stall itself or the satellite itself. He actually had some type of contraption it looked like where they can go and relieve themselves in their own home type of porta potty.
3: Maybe that's where the Vikings defensive players were hiding during the <laughs> game too. I don't know where they went to <laughs> they man. were they wow. were in the
5: they were in the crapper most of the night, yeah. yeah. There was no question about it. They they did not know which way the field was, apparently, because they spent the night in the crapper. I don't know. I've never seen anything like that like, yeah. where, where you have. What's your theory, Star? I, you know, my theory I mean, Give me something. It's, it's totally unexplainable to think that that many players can't come out and start making plays on, on the defensive side of the ball. I get it if it's offense. I understand if it's not in sync, it's not in sync, and it doesn't take much to throw something off when you're away and the noise is up. And the fans are the way they are. But, I mean, when you get a defense that can pretty much take anybody off the field and they have all season long, I mean, they don't show up and they get behind and there's just no getting them off the field anymore. It was amazing. It was You know, the one thing that I thought we had going after that first touchdown was the defense came out and did their job, and we started to take the ball back down the field again. And it looked pretty good until the pick. But But after that, it was something definitely did happen at that point because we lost all... Sort of uh, the confidence and, and that mojo, it just went away for the entire game after that.
3: Yeah, it was, you know what, It's. I think the Vikings, we've been really hard on them for the last three hours and speculating for the future, but I think they've earned every shred of the mocking and ridicule that they've gotten because you went in and your calling card was defense. Your calling card was defense. Yeah. And Mike Zimmer, for 40 years, his calling card has been defense. And in the biggest spot for that defense and for Mike Zimmer... In, in their respective careers or timelines and you give up thirty-eight points and a career performance to Nick Foles. That's what that that's the last thing that's printed on your resume right now. And and that's that's the last thing you're gonna be remembered by until week one next year. That's uh, incredible to me. It's unprecedented. embarrassing.
5: Unprecedented for a defense, for a big time defense to make it to an NFC or AFC championship game to come in and not know where they're at on the field. I don't care you can't it's not coaching either. You know what you, he can't come out there and do, and do that for you. He can't come out and play for you. He's going to put you in a position to play, but if you miss a tackle in the defense that was called, then you just missed another tackle. And if you're trying to outrun someone, they they juke you and turn up the field like Harrison Smith got burnt by the tight end. I forget which one it was. Was it or, or was it Ertz, Ertz?
3: Ertz had a nice game yeah, last year? I mean, yeah, but he night. had a great game. And Selleck is A, still in the league, shocking yeah, to a lot of people, it. and B, torching the Vikings defense. Apparently.
5: I haven't seen Harrison Smith look like that ever.
3: No, I, I have haven't either. I've
5: never seen that. I saw the uh, two defensive ends get on the quarterback at the same time, and they were uh, that being Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter, and they're swatting at the football only, mm-hmm. not grabbing him, not trying to pull him down or, or to stop him from even moving that arm. No, they're, they're going to go for the ball only. They have two whiffs on the ball. He he chucks it down the field. It's a
6: touchdown. That, I mean, that's, amazing. That play astounded me because they had because him. Foles, Foles, who, by the way, can't move well, escaped pressure twice on that same play. And and my question from a, uh, from a football standpoint is this. How did Harrison Smith, he got sucked up then. So it's like he looked back at, at what was going on in the pocket star and assumed a sack because he sucked himself up and Jeffrey escaped and, and Foles looked downfield and, and saw him. But those are the type of mistakes that we have not seen from this defense since probably the Colts game of last year. It was just inexcusable, stupid stuff that these guys simply don't do. They really don't. And I I felt so bad for Newman
5: out there last night, too, trying to cover something. He, he gets sucked up in thinking the play is over because the first move that the receiver made, I think it was Jeffrey again, uh, is turning in. It doesn't work because we've almost got him, right? Almost. He's pinched in. He gets out of that, though, and Jeffrey stays open. He keeps his route alive. Well, Newman ends up chasing him, and Harrison Smith, nowhere to be found, and Rhodes sitting over on the bench. Has taken his first playoff. Now, you don't think that they went that direction because Rhodes w- w- was not in the game. Of course they did. That's exactly why they did it.
3: Yeah, we've had a couple people ask about that, too. So why is it Star got into this, Judd, on, on Ventline last night, but new audience here. Mm-hmm. Star played in the NFL for over a decade. When they announced, and he do, every game he goes out with something. like it's It's like eight games in a row he's gone out with something like a calf or a toe, whatever it may be, and then always comes back, never misses a game. And uh, and and last night he goes out of the game. His replacement, Terrence Newman, gets torched for a big time touchdown yeah. that kind of puts the game out of reach. And they announced shortly after he's probable to return with a toe injury. Oh yeah, he's coming back. It's like what? It's always something. Why is he always if eight games in a row? Like what are you is <laughs> if
5: you're first team all pro? That I means you're one of the best two corners in the league. And those kinds of players have to be out there. I don't. know. I, I don't. Have a problem. I don't have an issue with a big defensive lineman needing to come out of the game if they've been running all all game long. You got to take yourself out of the game, get some fresh legs in there to rush the passer or to stop the run. I get that. A big time corner, an all pro corner, is supposed to stay on the field every play. I get it if they get hurt. If they get hurt, that's just the way. It goes. If they get injured, that's just it. But you got to figure it, figure it out quickly. And it wouldn't have mattered if it had only happened last night, but he's had this happen over and over and over again. He's always back in there. Two series, right?
6: I, I mean, did he miss he, last I think he night, missed a I couple believe?
5: series uh, right before
6: the half. Is right that right? Before halftime, yes. yeah. Because yeah. he came back in the third quarter. That's right.
5: Yeah, he stayed in at halftime and did whatever. But you know what? You know, Ronnie Lott said, cut my finger off. I mean, I <laughs> mean, <laughs> Ronnie Lott's like, Just part of the you finger. need to cut Sorry, my finger off. Finger. Like, like, Ronnie, it's going to be okay. It's fine. <laughs> now I got to play football this week. <laughs> He wasn't going to take himself out of a, of a doggone ball game. I mean, it, it was it was amazing yeah. how, how how he did that last night. Ronnie Lott is not going to come out with a sore toe or a toe issue. Cut my toe off. Cut it off. I want to go defend I Elson mean, Jeffrey. That's the difference in the mentality of a player like
3: that. Cut my leg off. I yeah, will. I, of will I will off. defend him. I, roads are still closed despite me only having one leg. Yeah. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Randy in Cottage Grove, are you okay?
2: No no i'm I'm not okay are you okay uh, I'm coping I'm coping well i'm I'm not uh, you know I'm, I'm choosing i I'm a guy in life who chooses the high road okay so I ain't gonna talk trash today but I am gonna look for some answers okay I'm gonna look for some answers from the, the team okay I'm gonna look for some answers from zim and I'm gonna look for some answers from the league okay because the league knows what they want, and they got it. They got an East Coast Super Bowl, okay? They got Philly against New England. They got big-time media markets. Now they're all going to watch the Super Bowl, okay? Funny how that works, okay? And I'm going to look at the team, and I'm going to say, what did you do, okay? What did you do? You go down the field, as they say uh, methodologically, methodologically, and make a touchdown. There you go. And you start out seven rip, okay? Then you get a three and out, okay? And then what happens? Then it changed dramatically, okay. And then we start we start whiffing on tackles. We don't whiff on tackles. Harrison Smith, he doesn't whiff on tackles, okay. I think there was some. I'm just gonna say that I, I think we should look into if a little bit of cashish, as they say, changed hands, okay. If a little Jeez. bit of little bit of green sort of made people a little less likely to wrap up, okay. Or maybe Eric Kendricks. You know, his brother pays for the Eagles. Maybe his brother made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Maybe the Eagles owner came and said, hey, how about a little peek at that playbook? Huh? How about a little sniff at some of that stuff that, uh, you know, Schumer's going to be trying, okay? And and I don't know. that. That's how goofy that game was. No one whiffs like that and tackles, okay? No one. Hmm. That's all. That's all I'll say. Okay. You just think about it for a bit. Okay. Think what the league might like. And you guys think about how people who are normally shoe tacklers start whiffing like that. And then you think about how money talks and BS walks. And that was a BS effort.
5: I'm with him. I'm with Randy. I, I think, can see I think it. Too.
7: Too. I, I agree.
6: Okay. I, I can, think
7: it's. I, you here know, it is, he, gentlemen?
5: He's,
6: he's on to something. I can see it. 2 1 2 four five zero two thousand. Two 2000 NFL headquarters number. Wow. I think Randy should call that right now Give and a ask ring. for a ring. ask for Raj. I'm with him. Ask for talk been, to Raj. I don't have any answers
5: to it. I mean does anybody does you didn't have any answers last night, P Mac.
3: Did anyone Jud- ask Eric Kendricks in the locker yeah. room after the game? He did did you accept a cash payment to deliver the playbook to your brother?
6: I am not aware of that question being broached. Why, why think... are
3: we sending you to Philadelphia yeah. if you
6: can't ask uh, the tough yeah. questions? So it matters let, more. Let me that just you're... tell you. <laughs> Go ahead. Last night, last night in that room, the players had no answers whatsoever. I didn't find anybody. I asked Robison, I went and talked to him, and I said, how surprising is this, given the score? I said, you guys can lose, but my gosh, the score. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, I didn't think we'd come here and get the bleep kicked out of us. That was about as close to an answer as I got. So there were no answers. So, Randy, go for it. Call the league today. I'm not saying. Start your your investigation today and find out what the hell happened here. I'm not saying. I'm just saying they were paid
5: not to know anything. They were paid not to know anything, and I'll tell you what they were doing. They weren't they were wasting words talking with with you know with media. They were waiting for that money to get to the locker room and get paid off for what they'd done, which is give Kendrick's brother the Super Bowl instead of Eric getting one. <laughs> you're not gonna get to play a home game. That wouldn't have been fair anyway.
6: Look at you, Star. Uh, Look huh? at you. Oh, I, I agree. You're buying into the Rod Serling ending to the Viking season. <laughs> <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine, if you will, a football team of fifty three men on a roster.
3: Uh, yep. That's amazing.
5: Uh, think about that. Kendrick's brother had enough money that he bribed his own brother to let him go to the Super Bowl and throw the game, so that he wouldn't be able to. And the brother says, "I get it. I, yeah. You know what? You're right.
3: Bigger market, East Coast yeah, Super Bowl. You, we,
5: we would like we like to see <laughs> Philadelphia versus Boston. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to I'm willing to take a dive.
3: Randy, you're brilliant. I mean i i i, I think he's I think he's a revolutionary. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Chuck and Mike and Tim and Brian will get to you guys. Judd's out in Philadelphia before we go anywhere. A quick word for my guy, Chris Lindall. Well, two things. Number one, Bravo on the troll job. Chris Lindall put a purple is greater than green billboard up just outside of the link in uh, Philly. so, Bravo on the epic troll job. It might have wound up being a jinx or uh, the thing that motivated the Eagles to destroy the Vikings. But uh, if you'd like to make tens of thousands more dollars on the sale of your home, here's how you do it. Chris Lindahl and his team, the number one REMAX results team in the nation, is putting together a seller's workshop January 29th through the 31st. So it starts in a week and seating is limited. They're going to sell out sometime in the coming days. You can visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Now, I'm not sure if they're going to teach you how to troll opposing fan bases. Uh, Maybe that's toward the end of the lesson. But the Seller Workshop, again, January 29th through the 31st, sellerworkshop.com or
2: 763-401-SOLD. Mackie and Judd now continue. Now back to more
3: sports than you can handle.
2: Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. They got this thing called social media. They let let's go to the art museum. and Let's desecrate the Rocky statue at eight AM and let the Philly yeah. fans see it. Like we're going to be like, okay, yeah, this is this is not a big deal. I, they had every everything we did to them. They deserved.
0: Went up to Tyler, Minnesota, and just had a big party out there. Just got had a few beers and just preparing for the game. But uh, just I was very excited but once the game started going, I saw Kyle Rudolph caught that ball and felt, it, was, it felt like everything was going right. And, I don't know, after that, yeah, it just fell apart with Nick Foles. And
3: <laughs> yeah. That about, about, about sums it up. That was from Ventline last night. Superstar. Was he crying at
6: the end there? Or? Uh, I, I, I thought think, I heard some I th- emotion at the end.
3: I think he was slobbering.
6: Okay.
5: I don't think he was crying. I
6: think it was <laughs> Can't a blame sl- him if he was a slobbering, but. You know, it
5: was just a good bittersweet. That's what he said twice. Yeah, It was just a good bittersweet. And you know what? I said I was not going to be a Viking fan. But you know what, doggone it. I was going to, you know, tonight was embarrassing, so I'm going to stick with him. <laughs> what
3: the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> you fool. We we also, Judd's in Philly, we also had a couple callers, like, literally pass out during their phone calls. It okay. Did. I really I think oh, uh, I think it just that, tailed off. And then it was like yeah. are you there still? Yeah, I I I just feel like, you know, Case Case was uh. <laughs>
5: And you hear then you hear another voice on the phone, he's taking the phone away from the guy that can't talk anymore. And he just picks up where he left off. And what he's what he said was what he meant was uh, what he was trying to say
6: was I can't blame these people one bit. Yeah. If they were doing if they were doing shots and beers and whatever they I can't blame them one bit. Let's after take watching
3: that. Let's take some more calls here. I'm assuming people aren't still drunk unless you're sneaking. Making a few pulls at work this morning or this afternoon, 651-646-8255. Mike, thank you for holding. You're up, man.
8: Hey, guys. I know everybody's kind of off on these extremes of feeling pretty terrible today. One of your callers uh, about an hour ago kind of compared us to uh, abused pups that keep getting kicked, and and the Vikings are our owner, and we're still shying away. That kind of sparked a thought for me, and I think maybe the roles are reversed. I know you boys are, are pet owners, and I am too, and every time I've had a dog, it's God, it's the best feeling I've ever had. They're wonderful. They're fantastic. But every time I've had one, we all come to that day where it's it's time to part, and, and gosh, it's tragic. I think we need to go into Viking seasons, I think, with the same kind of mentality as you would with getting a puppy, that gosh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and we know we're going to have a blast. But that day is coming where they're going to make you cry, and if you want to buy into it, you got to know that's coming.
3: Are you but saying you're... we should we should entertain just putting the franchise down, Mike? Or how far do you want to go with this analogy?
8: I mean, if if that's your case, then don't buy the dog at all. You know, don't buy in. Don't go go watch the Wolves or the Twins. You yeah. know, but uh, if you want to be a Vikings fan, I think it's going to make us all a little bit happy, happier and healthier people to go into it knowing that
6: boy, it, it might be fun, but we've got that day coming where we're going to cry for it. Yeah, ex- except, Mike, here's the problem. When when uh when Don and I had our first dog, that day came, and you know she was getting sick and old, and we finally said it's just time, and we took her to the vet, and she got the shot and passed away, and I cried, and it it was sad, but it was natural. Okay, the Vikings are the dog that you get and runs out in the damn street, and you have to watch it get hit by the car. <laughs> Oh, and the worst part and it, it splattered hurts. all over the road. And little Missy saw it, and she's forever tainted, and she'll never be the same. And she's going to grow up having to go to a therapist because the damn dog ran in the road and got hit by a Mack truck, and its head is rolling around. And you're
8: totally right. This
6: dog stayed in the yard all 16 games,
8: no problem. And and all of a sudden, those semis rolling by, and each ran out. I, I'm right there with you. Just
5: rename it Roadkill.
8: Perfect. <laughs> Come
5: likewise, You just rename the dog. That's all. Just bring it back inside and use it, use it for like a doormat.
3: You don't have to take it. I mean, you don't have to worry about it. You can go on vacation for a couple weeks. You don't have to take it out. You don't have to feed it. It's <laughs> actually mean, it cheaper that way. Yeah,
5: I mean, it doesn't doesn't put up a fuss anymore. <laughs> It, got about...
6: it gets attacked by a coyote, and the kid watches it get gnashed around by the damn coyote. That's what the Vikings are. <laughs>
5: that was That's yesterday. Yes. That's a shame.
6: Yeah, the Eagle. The Eagle got it and carried it away and devoured it.
3: Yeah. Chuck, thanks for holding.
7: Go ahead. Uh, so, anyway, I was looking up one of the quarterbacks you guys were talking about. is, I agree, Case Keenum isn't worth the franchise tag. Uh, you can't trust Bridgewater, Sam Bradford stay healthy. And I thought I had heard once upon a time that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't be franchise tagged because he was traded mid-season. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but is that an option? If somebody like Garoppolo was available, I'd be all in on the Drew Brees thing, but I don't think he's leaving with where they're headed offensively and defensively. So I'll just hang up and listen to you guys' answer.
3: Uh, just real quick, thank you for the phone call. As of mid-December, according to NFL.com, there was still speculation about a Jimmy Garoppolo franchise tag. There's zero chance they allow Jimmy Garoppolo to sign somewhere else.
5: No way. It won't happen. It, it really won't. I mean, for that for the time he spent out there and the, the five or whatever games that he went out there and decided, you know what, they're – they're going to play Jimmy Grappolo, and he wins all five games. And that was his audition. And guess what, kid? We You are what, you, what we thought you were, like Denny Green would say. Now go to the Dolphins. And, and now yeah. you can just go. Now just don't go anywhere. We'll franchise you, or we'll make you a long-term deal. They better hang on to him. If they don't, uh, they need to be uh, put down. They will. Like a, like a dog. I guess.
6: <laughs> like that Viking uh, yeah, dog? Yeah. Vi- the They to have the franchise put kill. down, yeah.
5: Because that is... I yeah. love that, that idea. You just For rename kill, it. That'd well,
6: be a great insignia of some sort or so or uh logo the roadkill logo it might yeah. as well be yeah. i mean think about all the different options too multiple jerseys
3: so many different things you could do with that you could have road alternates you know
5: <laughs> i get it that would be that'd be fun you to play that? with the, the, a road jersey that was made of the color of like <laughs> squished fur <laughs> with it's like terrible. a bird on the on the on the on the shoulder Picking at it, like a buzzard picking
3: on it. Man. Yeah, okay. Uh ah, Tim, you're on with Mackie and Judd and superstar Mike Morris.
1: Uh, do you think after uh we were up seven nothing we should have tried to establish a run and use Murray more rather than press on throw, throw more passes?
3: So I'm glad you brought this up. Somebody brought this up on Ventline last night. Now, it's possible that, you know, you would have gotten smoked regardless of what you did after the interception and falling behind, but it drives me nuts. Case Keenum wound up throwing like 45 passes or something or 50 passes last night. That's not he's not a come from behind, throw 50 passes type of a quarterback. Why do teams get so obsessed before the fourth quarter when they're down, even by like down by a couple touchdowns? That's a pretty wide deficit. They just don't run the ball anymore. You don't have to abandon your running game. You can still you can still mix and match and keep a great defensive front off balance by not dropping back passing every single time. Like, if it's the fourth quarter, I get it. But I've always, that's been a pet peeve of mine. You can still run the ball in the second quarter or the third quarter of a two-touchdown game, even a 17-point game.
5: They were running the ball pretty effectively in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was pretty impressed the way they, you know, between the tackles had run the ball pretty effectively. I mean, Keenum wasn't, wasn't bad in that first drive. He, he dropped back a couple times, hit Kyle Rudolph in the end zone, in stride, perfect pass. And if anything, I mean, at least 10 of those, if not a little more than that, is just an extension of the running game anyway. Those swingouts to McKinnon were just a, a, the running game, you know, a hybrid of the running game, you might say, because there were 10 of those that were just drop shots. And they made, good, they made pr- pretty good on those, too. I mean, McKinnon got the most out of that. But uh, the fact is that you could have pounded the football between the tackles, I think, last night, more so than they tried to. They didn't try much. And if you do, that that defense, that front seven, wears down. It's a different team in the second half. It's a different kind of tempo for the quarterback. Your timing is different because y- you wear the defenses down by doing that. And then you have a little more time to drop back and pass in the second half. Then you, then you, you have time to make a read. You have time to do different things and think through the passing game and the passing tree.
3: Yeah. Let's uh here. Let's do. Wait, uh, we keep running phone calls here. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Luke, you're on the show. Go ahead, Luke.
1: All right, fellas. Thanks for the conversation. Two main points. First one is offensive coordinator. The second one is the Philly fans. Um, the Viking fans. Uh, Students. Viking players had the players to make the plays, and they didn't do it. And I watched that game and couldn't. Was dumbfounded how our coaching staff didn't change at halftime and throughout the game. We demonstrated, We watched Philly offensive coordinators, head coach, defensive coordinators adjust. They had Nick Foles who started, what, three games or something like that and just schooled us. So if you're a football fan, that was fun to watch. But if you're a Viking fan, we were pulling our hairs out. Second point, in regards to the Philly fans, that we document this when they come to town because I'm a dad, and if I want to bring my son or daughter to an NFL game, I shouldn't be fearful that we're going to get beat up punch beer dumped on us. So I think the NFL and Roger has a responsibility to take some accountability in terms of safety in a stadium. So I think video is powerful. Um, there's probably plenty of it out there from the Philly game. And if they're coming to town, I think it's another opportunity to document their behavior. So i Love to hear your opinions on this.
6: The problem is this. Inside the stadium might not be entirely safe, but it's very safe compared to outside. Your your problem is tailgating. People were there. We went to the game three hours before it started, and that place was filled. And there were people already getting in fights, and there were more drunk people that, than I could possibly count. So so the real fear, I don't think, is what you get in the stadium – it's when you're walking to it. That's when people were throwing beers, and batteries and stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't know how many. If, if you're a blue collar fan who's getting arrested at a, at a, at a you know, Century Link Field, or oh, I'm sorry, Lincoln Financial. Uh, Century Link is, mm-hmm. is Seattle. If you're getting arrested in the parking lot because you're a moron who got overserved and is picking fights, are you going to drop four thousand dollars for a Super Bowl ticket and the flights? And a hotel thirty minutes away. I, got, I, I'm curious to see which types of Beagles fans and Patriots fans do show up to the Twin Cities.
5: I, you know, I would say this. I, I would say that there were a lot of hardcore fans from the old Vet days in Philadelphia that were, that I mean, literally football means everything to them. It really yes. does. And I can't, I can't, I don't even hesitate to say that they probably saved every single penny they could muster <laughs> up to get season tickets on the 50-yard line and 40-yard line, just the way they had him back at the vet. And it's probably the blue-collar guy sitting closest and the white-collar sitting back. But because some of those people are diehard, it, they'll sell their car to get the season tickets, whatever the case. And they probably did. However, making the long trip and buying Super Bowl tickets, that's a whole different game. And I, I think that you'll probably find the, the more amiable, toned-down Philadelphia crowd. Boston can be obnoxious. I played there, too. Uh, they They can be. Not like Philadelphia, though. And some things never change. And the fans in Philadelphia will not change. And you're right. uh, It's outside the stadium, not so much inside the stadium. That's pretty heavily... Uh, you know, the, the security and the different levels of security are pretty uh, intense now these days, especially yeah, with things that aren't aren't going well. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. If you're fighting, or if you're somebody else, you're you're a bad guy. You you might be in some trouble.
3: He's the superstar, Mike Morris, Judd Zolgad still in Philadelphia, Phil Mackey, and uh, more of a Vikings
2: autopsy when we come back. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
7: You don't seem like a public menace to me.
2: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and Judd.
7: Do
5: you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions? What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant
3: importance. All right, Mackie and Judd. Superstar Mike Morris hanging out with us. The season finale of Vikings Vetline, you can find. We went three hours and just took one little two-minute break. That was it. We just took calls all night. So you can find that on demand, 1500ESPN.com. Or iTunes before Dave throws some questions at us, emailer Will here. I don't know if Judd if you saw this in your inbox, but Will says, I blame Vikings fans. They set the tone for the weekend, and the team had no choice but to follow in their footsteps. When collar <laughs> when caller Don from Philadelphia called a certain local radio station, that would be our show, mm-hmm. did we stand and fight or cower and snipe from the sidelines to pretend football wasn't all that important to us? Our papers were warning Fans about the dangers of travel to Philadelphia, and our fans bought it hook, line, and sinker. Well, I'll stop there. Every account coming from Philadelphia is that it was a third-world country in the parking lot, and things are being thrown at them. And it's not—I mean, it's not overblown. That's that's how they act outside the stadium in Philadelphia. We slunk off to the shadows and hid in our living rooms instead of buying out the battery aisle at Home Depot and jumping in a car with five of our buddies and pointing it toward the link. The players were cooked before the game started and the blame lays at our collective Minnesota nice feet. Now we're faced with the fact that we've seated our downtown for the next couple weeks to the two worst fan bases in sports and as the passive aggressive attention and praise seeking sycophants we are, we're going to we're going to prostrate ourselves to accommodate the dregs of humanity for the foreseeable future in the hope that some national reporter writes a puff piece proclaiming the Twin Cities aren't quite as bad as you think. So, I, I agree that, with the second half of his so, email. Actually. So, I mean,
6: Will wants violence, basically.
3: And I Will disagree with that. Will wants fire but, with
6: fire. Right,
3: but I agree with the second right. part. Yeah, we're very passive-aggressive. I think so, but 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 even more
5: so, let's just talk about, about the real problem, which is the fan base in Philadelphia being allowed, basically, to do whatever they want to do outside that stadium. You know that that's going to be the case now every week. It doesn't matter if it's a regular season game or one of these kind of games. Where is security? Where is law enforcement on those things? I mean, they it's because they're part of that. They 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 are part of that bully mode sort of we are Philadelphia. You know what? They let them. They, you can take care of that. You can you can man up on the streets and, and make sure that, that doesn't happen.
3: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, but this I mean, is a two hundred seventy pound man who played in the NFL for over a decade. Who's saying this? It's yeah, not like a scrawny yeah. little I mean, uh, mouth breather like me. Okay. Well, because
5: it, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, if you walk into a crowd like that with the, with a bunch of hooligans and they're they're outnumbering you, at, you know, a hundred to one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, they're being allowed to do that. They know firsthand that they're going to do that for that game. I'm talking about law enforcement there in Philadelphia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, a responsibility being missed by not regulating that and being out there to make sure nothing happens. That's assault when you start throwing beer bottles and batteries at people who have not done anything to you and you are just lighting the place up. You have to take care of that. Hey, Mike. Some people need to get drug in. And and uh,
6: you know what? Uh, spend the night in the tank. And they need to do it every single week, yes. I think that the uh, th- the cops here w- want you to go as far as possible, and then what they really like is throw a punch. And once you throw a punch, it's on. I mean if if you guys saw the picture of the guy uh, who was arrested in the afternoon yesterday being hauled away in cuffs, bleeding from the face, yeah, yeah. I think the pol- I think the police here in Philly enjoy that confrontation. Because you could take out the billy clubs, and once you take out the billy clubs, the fun starts. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was—I
3: uh, don't know, man. That's incredible. It's—it's it's, it's the reason why a lot of people just don't want to go to football games; that they just rather—they'd rather watch their favorite team from a couch. Because when you can take your nine-year-old, if you want to go, let's say you're a, a Vikings fan in Philadelphia, you're going to take like a ten-year-old kid, walk or, through exactly. that parking lot, and there's no way. And well, you, you know guys
5: what? are wusses, and they think it's funny okay. because, well, you know what? You pull one of those little turds aside and say, "Let's just do it, you and I." Now it's all fun and games till
3: you get your eye put out. But if it's six on one or twelve on 2 no, or something, going to that. win that. You're not going to win that. You're not going to win that. Yes, I don't care who you are. Uh, Dave Harrigan, fire a question or two at us. First of all,
4: be honest, Morris. If it's six on one and you're the one, it's just going to take you a little bit longer to mop up. I would just
5: say one thing to them at that point. Don't you think you'll need some more friends? Yeah. I, I came here to do two things: chew a little bubble gum and whoop a little ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum.
3: And I'm all out of ass to Whip. So I'm just gonna chew bubblegum yes. awkwardly.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's right. exactly. If you've got a beer can, just aim it my way. Why? Exactly. exactly. Let's start with this. Now on Mecky and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You wanna blame somebody?
7: Yeah.
4: Let's figure out a pie chart of blame, boys. Get out your pencils and pens, draw a little circle, and divvy up some blame for the Vikings' defense. Uh, Drew Brees' second half and, of course, the entire four quarters yesterday. Specifically, the fact that you can't get pressure and you can't stop a deep ball from Nick Foles.
3: Uh, if, If you missed it, this is a summary. Emailer Dave put this together. Just to go with Dave's question here. If you take the second half of the Saints game, halfway through the third quarter to the end of the game, and then the first two quarters and the first part of the third quarter against the Eagles, that's 12 drives. It's a full game equivalent defensively against right. Drew Brees and Nick Foles. The Vikings allowed, this is insane, 62 points, 55 defensively. One was a one was, right, a pick, one was six. A pick six. So 55 points, 627 total yards and the quarterbacks combined to go 40 of 52 for 514 and six touchdowns against supposedly the best defense in the NFL. The NFL. So, pi- honest to god, my pie chart, it's I'm going to say it's half preparation and coaching and and just getting out schemed and out maneuvered step by step and then 50% on all of the players who missed tackles, who couldn't do their job getting pressure on Nick Foles. Who, uh, who had miscommunications in the back end of the secondary for big plays? Like, it's an it, you, you could you could blame anyone you want equally. I think everyone shares at least some part of one of the most embarrassing defensive performances in 57 years of Vikings football,
5: Mike, and, and 52 years of, of Super Bowl history as well. Is that when you have that kind of defense coming down the pike, your your chances are pretty good of number one staying in every game you play. Staying in a game is, is important. I mean, granted, on the road, it's tough. It's, it's really tough to get there. But if you have the kind of defense to hold the opponent down and you'll allow you a few more chances to get out there on the field and make good on one of your possessions, that's what keeps you in these games. But to to just go belly up last night was, now, now, let's look at the defense. I mean, the head coach takes pride in that defense. He is, he loves football and he loves schooling up defense. I find it hard to believe that he was totally out-schemed. I, d- I really believe that. I, they can say what they want to about being one step ahead, two steps ahead of Zimmer. I, I I totally disagree with that. I mean, I know that their players executed better than ours did and why ours decided they were going to shoot themselves in the foot uh, for the last half of the of the Saints game and then in the entire game yesterday. I don't know. I mean, did we have a tell? Do we have something that, that was readable by Peterson that, to the point where you can almost... Call it before it happens? I don't know about that. I, I say you still put football players out there, and they have to make plays and execute the defense or the offense called. If I call a defense, play the defense. And don't don't whiff a tackle. And, yeah, we are on a bad number now. We're in bad ratio, as Bill, uh, Brian Billick used to say. We're, we've got a bad number. You know, third and one all the time all night long is nothing fun to deal with. But you got to execute. you got to come out and do the things that got you there. And I think that maybe one of the biggest things that may have happened is that this defense started believing an awful lot of the, of, of the, of the smoke being blown up their rear end about how good they were. Because they, they, they carry themselves with a little bit of, just a little bit of uh, we're, we're better than you before they even enter the game. And you better approach every opponent with respect and not take them lightly. You're not going to walk in and beat up on Nick Foles. You're not going to. 14-2. and two. They were 14-2. and two.
3: Three, but yeah.
5: I'm sorry, my Fourteen bad. 14-3, and three, well, including yeah. the playoff win. You're right. Mm-hmm.
3: But, but whatever, I, but your point I mean, stands. But, yeah.
5: but I mean, regardless, they, they are a very good football team, and Nick Foles has been there, done that. He's done a few good things in his career. He's been to one more Pro Bowl, I'll tell you that, than Case Keenum. And I'm not blaming anything on Case Keenum, but don't take Nick Foles lightly. Because if he gets on, he's on. That offensive
6: line's real deal.
3: Yeah. Judd, how would you divvy up the old pie chart of blame defensively?
6: Six pieces of pie, boys. <laughs> Six pieces. I'm giving it up to six pieces. Game plan gets 20% because uh, as good as Zim can be, Peterson was definitely better on Sunday. 20% to game plan. 20% to Trey Waynes, who I spent all year praising and saying how great he looked and how improved he was, and he looked terrible. 20% on Harrison Smith, who I would say had the worst game that I've ever seen him have as a member of the Vikings. 10% to Xavier Rhodes because of what Mike talked about. Every game he goes out. Every game something goes wrong. Uh, 10% to the, the linebackers who were exploited at crucial times by the tight ends from Philadelphia who were very good. And uh, 20% finally to a defensive line that was going against a good offensive line but nonetheless did not get sufficient pressure. I'm giving six pieces of pie, but I'm starting with game plan because I think the Vikings got outdone there. I really the Rock don't.
5: knows how you feel about pie. Yeah.
6: Uh, <laughs> Stars never heard that, that one before.
5: I haven't heard that <laughs>
3: The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Oh, I
5: love that. any
1: time of the day is a
2: good time for
3: pie. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I know Matt and Brian have been on hold, so we'll give those guys a chance to uh, to speak their minds. Superstar Mike Morris is hanging out with us, and Judd Zolgad, one more segment from Philadelphia. Uh, before we do anything else, we did watch the majority of the game on a 55 inch TCL 4K Roku TV yesterday. These are the TCL Broadcast Studios, and if it wasn't such a terrible outcome for Vikings fans. We would have raved about how you could see the grains of of dirt and grass on the field at the link, how you could see the beads of sweat rolling down the sideburns of defensive coaches and players on that Viking sidelines. That's what you get with the 4K picture quality, four times the picture quality of your standard 1080p TV. You might need a break from sports if you're a Minnesota fan right now. That was a lot to handle yesterday. But when you're ready to jump back in, you get access with the built-in Roku device with these TCL TVs to thousands of streaming channels, including all kinds of big-time sports platforms. So check it out. Stop into any local retailer, any major local retailer, and ask about the TCL viewing experience. You can also go to TCLUSA.com. Mackie and Judd are back. Okay us play on 1500 espn
4: all next week 1500 espn will be live from radio row ahead of the big game sponsored by mall of america mackie and judd will be live from radio row monday through friday followed by saturday sports talk on the third and then sunday sports talk or wrapping it up on game day head to 1500 espn.com for more details on radio row and a full 1500 espn schedule for that
3: week Thanks, Dave. Star's in here. I told you, Judd. I told you.
6: What is it about me (laughs) in this town? Enjoy
3: enjoy your extra night in Philadelphia with all of those raging Eagles fans. Flight canceled. One thing about it, though, Judd. Yes. If you stand out there next
5: to the stadium by the Lincoln Financial, you won't have to buy a beer.
6: They'll throw one right to you. And I can catch it. And then just start drinking now. <laughs> you can't while, catch it. While doing the while doing the Foles chant. Yeah. Foles. Yeah. Foles. I man. love it. I'll you know, become he,
3: one of them. You know what you could do? You, if you, you want to troll them back when they're throwing the beers at you, you should wear a Ryan Howard jersey and carry a oh. bat and then swing and miss at every one of the beers that gets thrown at you. <laughs> That's funny. Are they still paying for him like $30 million a year? He's like 40 I, years old. They signed that contract. I remember that. He was washed up two years before the contract <laughs> yeah. kicked in.
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, well. I'm practicing right now. I mean,
6: Bulls. <laughs> Bulls. Go on out
3: there.
5: Hey, hey with your cre- you with guys. Your creepy peacoat and your and your mesh yeah, shorts, you, your think, shorts you, think, your... you
6: think You think I can't. Sc- I'm in the mesh shorts right now, John. <laughs> no, no, don't. Wait,
5: I can I scare these are. people. Well, I know you are. I have the are. ability
6: to scare them. They yeah. will go running back to their moms oh, after they my see me in my mess shorts and my creepy people. That's our
5: creepiest Minneapolis fan,
3: Judd Zolgad.
0: <laughs> Wanted. Let's Wanted. take a couple more calls to
3: wrap it up here. Vikings autopsy. Brian, go ahead.
0: Uh, hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? We can. Yep. Go ahead. Well, cool. hey, good afternoon. Sorry about last night. Wasn't very fun for much of us. Um, I've been a fan for about 30 years. I'm a long-time Minnesota native, but working down here in Florida now. Um, but still love the Vikings dearly, you know, the T-Wolves, Twins, Wild Gophers, you name it, but definitely the Vikes. Um, you know, my list of heartbreaks started at 98, and hope you guys are cool with me venting a bit. But after dealing with, you know, oh nine, 9 Blair Walsh kick, you know, all the other things you could say back in 98, uh, and the 5-0 and collapse last year, I think after last season, I just kind of – gave up a little bit inside and felt like, you know, it's hope for the best, but but expect the worst from this team. And you know what? We ended up doing really well throughout the year. And, you know, I've been watching, listening to your podcast all year, and it's been great. Um, But when the playoffs came around, it was really nerve-wracking. And the whole hype with the skull chant and then messing with the Rocky statue, I felt like we kind of shot ourselves in the foot as fans. It's really unfortunate. And I felt like the Stars could not be more aligned than they were for this Super Bowl. You know, it's really heartbreaking. And worst of all, it's the Eagles, man. It's the Philadelphia Eagle fans coming in, talking all that trash. They're throwing beer cans at us. Feel like they're really classless. And uh, it's really unfortunate it went out that way. So You know what um, though thanks.
3: Brian, thank you for the phone call. It's funny though, this is where we have to we have to, you know, clear our conscience a little as Vikings fans. We put a scarf around the Rocky statue and think, oh my God, oh my God, oh, they're going to be mad. They create a poster that says Bleep You Millie and have a crowd <laughs> chanting <laughs> Bleep You to a 99 year old Vikings fan. And that's not tempting fate. Like, come on. Ooh. It's a scarf. It's a yeah. scarf. Let's yeah, say- we showed them. And <laughs> hey, now let that be a lesson to you. Yeah. Yeah. Let- Rocky's wearing a sissy scarf. Let's take one more here. Matt's been on hold for like a half hour. Matt, you got about 45 seconds. Sorry for the short time, but go ahead.
7: Oh, Hey, no problem. I'll I'll just try and be quick. Um, You know, I uh, was going to call in last night, but I figured I didn't want to say anything. I, I would regret, but (laughs) now that I'm, I'm home today, you know, I work for the government, so I didn't have work to take my mind off of this thing, (laughs) but I've come to realize that I think a lot of my anger is kind of just towards myself at this point. Like, How could I let myself get so into it because all the hype? And I think what truly happened to us, I think the football gods just pulled a quick one on us. You know, they had a pre divisional round meeting where they were discussing the Vikings problem and how all these fans now have this thing called, you know, cautious optimism. And how do we crush their souls if they know it's coming? And one of them walked in and said, Hold my beer. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> well, put. they'll never
3: see this one. Yes. and
7: boom, here, here comes the the miracle play. You've got people doing the skull chant like everywhere in church, in weddings, at the orchestra, like everywhere. And then boom, Vikings.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a great phone call, Matt in Alabama. Um, like for them to put different. Blueprints and scripts together that lead to the same ending yeah. for this long. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, they still think of this team as the team that
5: they always nagged about 30, 40 years ago. It's the Vikings. They'll always let you down. It's a different group of guys yeah. every time. And people. I'm stuck here. Yeah, you're stuck. stuck in this God, God back, in Philly, back
3: in Philly for one more show tomorrow. Star will catch up here. here. Super Bowl week's coming. <laughs> Depressing. Bye,
6: boys.